0: came to my rescue from the grave i've been raised when i needed a savior to save me jesus you made a way i was blind but these eyes have been open now i walk in the light every step on this road i will follow jesus you made The following message was recorded by The Way in Brea. Lead Pastor Von Jarrett has a heart for the people at The Way and a desire to reach the lost. The waste Production Department prays this message is a blessing to you and that you find yourself closer to God through application. You're the Breakthrough, as Gary said, we're finishing our series this morning um, on breakthrough. In week one, we talked about a breakup. You come out of death and into life. You come from not knowing God to find out who God is and what he provides for you and and how do you find salvation? How do you find hope and all these different things? Um, On week number two, we looked at breakthrough with people. That we can't do this unless we have relationships and friendships, and they call us to come into the kingdom of God and into the church, and then they walk alongside with us as we grow in the things of God. Again, I love Sandra's testimony. Um, She wanted to go. Her heart said yes. Her mind said no. But then somebody said yes, go. Maybe it was her husband saying, go ahead, get out of here. (laughs) Maybe it was a ministry leader saying, hey, we can't grow unless we challenge ourselves, right? Like, there's, there's a reason why we need breakthrough with people. We can't have them at a distance. We've got to welcome them in to uh, allow us to change and to help them change. So we talked about that in week number two of our series. And then last week we talked about breakthrough with God and breakthrough in your faith and how to maybe get through some of these barriers that, that, are, that are before you in, in connecting with God and getting to God, you know? spirit-filled conversations. Um, I I come to a prayer service when my natural tendency is to be alone and I want to have that relationship with God. I want to do that in my car. I want to do that in my home. But something said, you know what? I'm going to go into uh, this praying in the spirit service and he says that he finds the presence of God here and it's like as if he's sitting right next to him and where before people would be a distraction, they're not a distraction when he's here on a Friday night like that. That's called breakthrough with God. That's breakthrough in your faith. When you want to keep him in a box, but he's like, I don't want to be in your box. I want to be expanded. I want to grow, and I want you to grow. So breakthrough in your faith. Breakthrough with God. And then this morning, I'm excited to, uh, to close the series, but we're going to be talking about and looking at breakthrough within. right? Breakthrough within. So why don't we pray? Lord, we need you, we need breakthrough more than just a word and more than just a catchy slogan for our series, Lord God, you are the God of breakthrough, you change things, Lord, our situations, our circumstances, Lord, our perspective, God, we came here this morning to have breakthrough, to see things differently, to see ourselves differently, Lord, that you would give us a vision of our future, our own destiny and the destiny of our relationships, the destiny of our children, Father God. We ask that you would help us this morning to give you all of our focus, all of our attention, all of our hearts, Lord. You said that you would write your word on our hearts and write it on our minds, Lord. Let us give you an empty canvas to do your will, Lord. We sang it out to you this morning to do your will, Lord God. We sang it out to you this morning that we are no longer slaves, that we are your sons and we are your daughters, Lord. We've come before you to hear you speak into our lives this morning, God. Change us, transform us, Lord. Pour into us the life of your spirit, the life of your son. We love you, but we want to love you more. We want to love you better. We want to love you the way that you desire to be loved, Lord God. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. If you have your Bibles, open up to Psalm chapter 139. You guys can kind of stay there. We'll be in a few different places, but Psalm 139 is going to kind of be our, our main location or our main focus uh, this morning. When you get there, say breakthrough. We're going to have to wait for more people because that was... We got like two people that are going to have some breakthrough this morning. Everybody else is, is stuck. If you can't get there, say, I'm bound. <laughs> no breakthrough for me. All right, Psalm chapter 139. I'm just going to read verse 13 and 14. Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14. And our, our first... Uh, Area that we're gonna look at is is who does Jesus say that you are? If you want to have breakthrough within, who does Jesus say that you are? Psalm one thirty nine thirteen says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. What a scripture. Who does Jesus say that you are? And compare that to who maybe you say that you are or who others say that you are. He says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. In Proverbs chapter 31 speaks of women and it says that her worth is far above rubies. When you think about yourself, women, when you think about yourself, men, when you think about yourself, Christian son or daughter of God, do you say that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are unique and there's no other like you, that your worth is far above rubies and that's how you carry yourself and you treat yourself and you won't allow other people to treat you as anything less? In Revelation chapter one, verse six, God says he's made us to be kings and priests. Men, is that how we carry ourselves? See, the problem isn't with reality, the problem is with perception. The truth is that we are who God says we are, but our perception preaches another message. We often believe the lie about ourselves rather than the truth. What do you see when you look at the mirror? What is the perception of who you are and what you're worth? And who made you? Are you fearfully and wonderfully made? Are you more valuable than rubies? Are you a king and a priest? Or are you something else, something less than that? Romans chapter 1 verse 24 says, God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to to dishonor their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth of God for the lie. And they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. There's a lie about who you are this morning. And then there's the truth about who you are. Which one do you believe? God says, if you believe the lie that eventually he'll give you up to that lie, if that's what you want to think about yourself, if that's how you want to carry yourself, if that's how you want to interact with other people, if that's how you want uh, want to let other people treat you, that eventually he's going to say, I love you enough to let you be who you want to be. I love you enough to say, look, if you want to live in the lie, you can go live in that lie. If you want to worship the creature who's lying to you instead of the creator who, was, who made you and made you fearfully and wonderfully made you, gave you infinite value, there's nothing more valuable than you are this morning. Somebody say amen. amen. Think about that for a second. There's nothing more valuable than you. Then why do we sell ourselves so short? Why do we sell ourselves so cheap? Why do we undervalue ourselves? We need breakthrough within. Matthew chapter sixteen verse thirteen, Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, "Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am?" If Jesus is asking the question, you should be asking the question. Somebody say, "Amen." So they said, "Some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah. Or some say that you're one of the prophets. Some say that you're a druggie. Some say that you're a liar. Some say that you're a whore. Some say that you are selfish." Some say that you'll never change. Who do you say you are? Amen. Jesus asked his disciples in verse 15, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Talk about trying to figure out who you really are, <laughs> and what God has to say about who you really are. Jesus starts off with Peter by clarifying the difference between who people say he is and who he really is. There has to be clarification. Somebody say amen. Let's make it clear, this is who they say I am, but this is who I really am. Have you done that in your own life? I remember when I was in high school, and people could have said some things about me, and at that time, they probably would have been true. But there's a lot of people who haven't known me in these last years since I've met the Lord. Those things are no longer true about me. So if we happen to run into each other, we're going to have to clarify the truth about who I am versus the lie about who I used to be. How many people are not people that are distant from you, right, that you might have to clarify? There's people in your life right now who need clarification about who you really are. Jesus, after he tells them, I'm not John the Baptist, I'm not Elijah, I'm not a prophet, he says, Peter, you got it right, right? I am the Messiah, I am the Son of God, and then Jesus shifts the conversation off of himself and on to Peter. He says... Simon Bar-Jonah is who the world says you are, but I say you're Peter. He says the same thing that's happening to me is happening to you. The world calls you Simon Bar-Jonah, but I say that you're Peter. Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon means one who hears or one who listens, and Bar-Jonah means you're the son of a man named Jonah. So the world says you are a good son to your father Jonah. You listen to your father Jonah. You're a good follower of your father Jonah, but I say you're Peter, and Peter means that you are strong, you are a rock, you are stable, you are to be depended upon. That's a whole nother level about who Peter really is compared to who the world says he is. What's the truth? Is it what the world says or is it what God says about him? What good is it if God has a name for you and God has characteristics for you and God has a picture of you that you need to see, but you don't see it and you don't live it? You live by the name that the world gives you, that you've begun to believe. After he tells them, listen to this. He says, we've established and clarified who I am, the truth about me, and we've established and clarified who you are, the truth about you. And he says, now that we have that, I will build my kingdom upon these truths. What's being built in your life if you don't have the truth about who he is and who you are? Nothing. There's no building. There's no progress. There's no kingdom coming into existence in your world and in your life. Peter was a fisherman. His father was a fisherman, right? and he was going to live as a good fisherman. Even the lie about it, sometimes it can be a good lie. Oh, she's a great mom. That's who she is. He's a great man. He works hard. That's who he is. All right? Oh, they're great friends. Great coworkers. They're great with their finances. Whatever it is, right? But if it's not the whole truth, the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth about you, right? It's not enough. What if Peter would've just said, I'm comfortable being a good fisherman, a good son of Jonah. My dad raised me up to fish and that's what I'm gonna be. Instead of saying, well, what's the whole truth about me and what can I be and where can I go and what can I do? Jesus said, I'm gonna build my church, right? On the truth about me and the truth about you. And he says, I'm gonna give you the keys to the kingdom. Think about that for a second. Peter could've got the keys to the boat from his dad He could have got the nets to fish with when his dad passed away, or he could have got the keys to the kingdom. Are you looking for keys to boats and keys to nets, or are you looking for the keys to the kingdom this morning? A lot of that depends on what you see in the mirror, what name you go by, if you believe the truth about yourself or if you believe the lie about yourself. The truth uh, about Jesus is different than the lie that was told about him. It was even a good lie, right? They said, oh, he's a great teacher. He's an awesome man of God. He's a holy man. Even today, people want to say, let's look at, at Buddha and Gandhi and Jesus. They're all holy men, very spiritual. That's a lie. That's not the truth about who he is. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. I hope you believe that this morning. On Wednesday night in Hebrews, we've been studying uh, what Jesus actually accomplished on the cross, right? In the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how he took the power that the devil had and disarmed him. The enemy was powerful. When we say we're no longer slaves, we used to be slaves, which means we used to be bound. There was authority. There was power that he had. Colossians 2.13 says this, that you and I, says you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, Jesus has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he's taken it out of the way. He nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So, while the truth is that men and women have an enemy... And the truth is that we were bound by that enemy. He had power. He had us restrained. He had us bound, right? That we've been set free. That enemy has been disarmed. He has no more power. The problem is a lot of people still believe the lie that he does have power and that you're bound and that you can't get out of some of the things that we used to be in and that we can't pull our friends and our family out of the things that they're in. But if you believe the truth that he's been disarmed and he has no more power, why are we not pulling people out of that? Why are we not walking out from under those things? It's because we believe the lie and we walk in the lie. Who do you believe you are this morning? Do you serve the living God? Wiped out sin, wiped out death, gave you authority and power, gave you a new name. You walk in his power and the enemy has no hold of you anymore. Or will you always be afraid to talk to people about your faith? Will you never go on an outreach? Will you never go to a course and try to challenge yourself? Will you never be baptized? You see what I'm saying? The truth versus the lie. Are you immeasurably valuable? Are you kings and priests? We need breakthrough. We gotta walk in the truth. This breakthrough has to happen within, right? So I can preach it to you. I can tell it to you. You can witness it in the lives of other people. But if you don't have a breakthrough within, nothing's ever going to change. You can fake the funk. You can act like you're valuable, but you know you ain't valuable. <laughs> you don't believe it. You believe the lie. Yep. You know, I, I think about this with, with my kids. You know, I've got to be that voice that tells them the truth about who they are because it's, they're already there. The, the world is lying to them. I went to the daddy-daughter dance with Naomi on on Friday. We had a blast. This girl can dance, and she had a lot of energy. (laughs) But it was fun. But I caught myself, like the same thing that you heard some of the testimonies about this morning. I remember that I got to be the one to tell her, Naomi, you're beautiful because the world's gonna say different things and girls are gonna say different things. I gotta be the one to say, you're not just beautiful, you are intelligent, you are smart, you can handle that homework, girl. You can do what you have to do in your class. She needs to hear that from her dad. Then when we get to the dance, I can't be the dad that's like too cool or too embarrassed to dance, right? (laughs) Because there's a lot of dads that are standing on the sideline or there's a lot of dads that didn't show up, right? But if I want her to know the truth, that you are worth it, you are valuable, don't ever let a man say, well, I just don't like to dance. Don't ever let a man say, well, I'm just not open like that. No, we're going to hold hands everywhere we go. And we're going to dance, and I don't care if I make a fool out of myself. Because you need to know the truth about you and who you are. Otherwise, she'll believe the lie. And not only that, the world's going to continue to lie to her. And then two things are going to happen when she turns 16, 17, 18. Some little boy's going to come around and lie to her, and she's going to believe it. Or... Some little boy's going to come around and he ain't going to be the right boy, but he's actually going to tell her the truth that she is worth something and she is valuable and she's going to just accept that. I want her to have the best of both worlds. She already knows the truth. She don't need some little boy to tell her, right? She ain't going to be lied to by some other little boy and she's going to wait for the one who tells her that she's worth more than rubies to give her the man that she should have. But that ain't just going to happen. It ain't going to happen for her and it ain't going to happen for me and it ain't going to happen to you until we have breakthrough within. So number one, who does Jesus say that you are? Number two, who do your circumstances try to convince you that you are? This morning, say amen if you've got some circumstances. Amen. <laughs> I hate circumstances. They come for all of us. They don't even ask. They just show up. The problem with name changes and finding the truth is circumstances. In the perfect environment, you're walking with Jesus. He's talking to you and he's got you by the hand. Who do they say I am? Who do they say you are? Let me tell you who who you are. And we're just sitting there with Jesus. That's a perfect environment. But in the world that we live in, we have this thing called circumstances, fatigue, finances, anger, past experiences, sadness, whatever it is. We have these circumstances that make it hard for us to hear Jesus tell us who we are, tell us who we are. Back in Psalm 139, I read to you verse 13 and 14. We'll see if we can paint a little bit more of a picture. We're going to start at verse 7. King David says, Psalm 139, 7, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as if it was the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. <clears throat> it's a good thing about the word of God that you can just keep reading it and keep seeing more. Right? Mm-hmm. Gary said when he shared about uh, offering this morning, he said, I've read this over and over and over again. and I keep seeing new things. So before King David talks about being fearfully and wonderfully made, right? <clears throat> he takes the reader on this journey through circumstances, though, right? You have to get through the circumstances if you're going to see the truth about who you are. Some people cannot get beyond their circumstances and they never learn the truth about who they are. They're literally sleeping through it. (laughs) Listen to what David said. He said, sometimes I ascend into heaven. Sometimes I go down into hell. Sometimes it's like as if I'm lost in the middle of an ocean. I I got on onto a boat and the wind was blowing, and here I am out in the middle of nowhere. I've got no point of direction, I've got no homing beacon, I don't even know where I'm at sometimes. He said, Sometimes I feel as if the darkness is closing in on me. Our circumstances can be so overwhelming, and we all have circumstances. I love when you read through the Bible and you realize that these are real people, real men, real women with real lives and real circumstances that are telling us about how to connect with God, how to be loved by God and to love God. David's not hiding anything. He's like, I got circumstances. You think you got problems? I feel like I'm in hell right now. You think you're in a dark place? Darkness has closed in on me. But we have those good days too, right? He says, man, I feel like I've ascended into heaven. What does he say, though? He says, wherever I'm at, whatever I go through, I still can get beyond it and into the truth about who I am. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. But how does he do that? He has breakthrough within. Our circumstances will not always change, but our understanding has to change. If you're waiting for all of your circumstances to go away... You'll be one of those old, bitter people who talk about how bad your whole life was. (laughs) They're not all going to go away. The happiest people you know, if you really talk to them, their life is not perfect. They just look at their circumstances different. Let's listen to what David says about his circumstances and figure out how he actually got to where he is. Psalm 139, verse 7 again. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence if I ascend into heaven? Say heaven. heaven. You are there. If I make my bed in hell, say hell. hell. He says, Behold, you are there. Hell. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, say sea. See. Even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness falls on me, say darkness. Darkness. I'll say it like you mean it. Say darkness. Darkness. Even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as if it was day. Why? Because the darkness and the light are both alike to you. David has this breakthrough within where he says, listen, my circumstances change, but my God does not. I may be in heaven, he's there. I may be in hell, he's there with me. I may be in the darkness, it's as if it's daytime because wherever he is, the darkness has to flee from him. I may be lost in an ocean, tossed to and fro, but if I look at my circumstance, I'll have fear. But I can overcome that if I look at my Savior who is here. He says, you're here no matter where I go. Your circumstances will lie to you about who you are. But if you remember that it's all about the presence of God and if he's with you, he's there to tell you the truth about who you are. Yes, you're in the middle of an ocean. Let me in the boat, I'll comment for you. Yes, you're in the middle of an ocean. You don't know where you're at or where you're going. I always know where I'm at and where I'm going, he would say. Yeah, this is a dark place and you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but you don't have to fear no evil. Why? Because I am with you. Amen. You've ascended into heaven. You know I'm here. Hey, but you got to go back down. (laughs) People need to see that light. David's no longer bound by his circumstances. He lost friends. He had his leader try to kill him. He committed sin and adultery. He lost a son, right? But he was never far from God because his circumstances didn't define him. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 Verse 17 says, the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Yes. We might say where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I'm not bound by my circumstances if I have the spirit of the Lord. I love that Steve got up and he testified, I feel the Lord here. Yes. And that's why he has freedom. I'm no longer bound by needing to be secluded and needing to be my own little place with God I've been set free from that. Why? Not because I tried hard and I thought about it and I I implemented these new systems that I read in a book. No, it's because the spirit of God was there and he set me free from that. See, your circumstances convince you that you're somebody that you're not. They convince you that you're far from God, but you don't have to be. Don't listen to them. Circumstances are liars. (laughs) You all know you have a friend that's a liar. You listen and you're like, you're lying. (laughs) Like, I know you're lying. I just don't want to argue with you right now, so I'm going to listen. (laughs) Do that with your circumstances. They're going to tell you something and you're going to fill your heart. You're going to fill your mind. You're going to start getting angry. You're going to start getting frustrated. You're going to start to withdraw. Just stop and say, no, you're liars. You're lying to me right now. Where is the presence of the Lord that I could be set free from this? Where is the presence of God so that he could tell me who I really am? Daniel chapter 3, verse 20, says he commanded us, this is talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind, say bind. bind, okay, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments. They were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace Uh, exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire kindled, or excuse me, killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered him and said to the king, True, O king, Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and he spoke saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out and come here. See, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom. Their circumstances were terrible. (laughs) They're literally in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. That circumstance isn't good no matter how you look at it. But if God is there with you, you are free. You are not bound. It says they put three in there and they were bound. But then there became a fourth in there and they were loosed. It didn't say that they were loosed and came out of their circumstances. It says that they were loose and not hurt by their circumstances. You can be bound in your circumstances or you can be loosed in your circumstances. It all depends on whether or not you are in the presence of the Lord within your circumstances or not. And then look at this. Imagine that. When we read scriptures that say nothing can separate us from the love of God. Do you believe it? Or have you been separated this week from the love of God because of your circumstances? Have you been separated this week from friends and family because of your circumstances? Have you been separated from peace because of your circumstances? So don't tell me you believe the word if we're not living it out. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not even a burning, fiery furnace. (laughs) Then look at this. Verse 26 said... Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and he spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. So look at this. Your circumstances will either convince you of the lie, or they will convince the world of the truth about you. See, the world and the king said, you guys don't have a God with any power. And you're going to do what I tell you to do. You're going to think what I tell you to think. You're going to worship me when I tell you to worship. And if you're not willing to do that, you are going to die. And they had a choice to receive that lie or not. They said no. They would not be convinced. And because they lived out the truth, look what happens. The world had to change. They didn't have to change. The world had to change. The king had to say, look. Now I know that you are servants of the Most High God. I called you disobedient slaves, and I told you you were going to die. But that's not the truth. The truth is you are servants of the only God and the Most High God, and you're going to be set free. Is your life convincing the world of the truth, or is the world convincing you of the lie? Is your family convinced of the truth about who God is and who you are? because you've been in this church or you've been in some church or you've been in your word and you've been in the presence of God, your life should be convincing others of the truth. If they're not being convinced of the truth, the question is, are you really in the presence of God? Are you filled with the spirit of God? Are you walking not alone through your circumstances, but walking hand in hand with the living God? So I have a mid-service moment for you guys this morning. I'm going to play a song, and it talks about this idea of the joy of the presence of God, not being alone, being in the presence of God, even within your circumstances. But it says something very important. It says you cannot be in a hurry. And I want to apply that to your circumstances. Don't be in a hurry to get out of the circumstance. Imagine if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in a hurry, and they said, we'll do anything. We'll worship you. We'll run. We'll do whatever it takes. And they get out of the furnace, but they also get out of the presence of God. What do you want in your life? Go ahead, Zach, you can play it. Hit the lights for us so we can focus on the song and not each other, amen. I hate when that happens, trying to play that for you guys. So I feel like, uh, just feel like I've been in a hurry my whole life. I feel like I've been in a hurry in the ministry Like, uh, you know, the song talks about not being in a hurry, just staying in the presence of God. And sometimes it's inevitable. We just get going on to the next thing and the things that we have next. So I just want to make sure that uh, not just speaking that to you guys, but living it out in my life to make time just to be in the presence of the Lord and to stay there. to put other things on the, on the back burner, even if you have to disappoint people. <clears throat> so number one, who does the Lord say that you are? Number two, who, uh, who are your circumstances trying to convince you that you are? And, and finally this morning, what is Jesus' provision for the battle that you're fighting within? Right? It's a battle. It's not as simple as... And you heard that this morning. Uh, The growth takes place in the fight. Uh, And we can be victorious in the fight if we use, uh, you know, the provisions that the Lord has given us. The fact that we even need breakthrough means that there's a fight, that there's something binding us or something in front of us that we have to fight to get through. So our weapons, we have weapons, and Jesus has uh, provided them for us so that we could be victorious. Back to Psalm 139. <clears throat> Last time we started at verse 7 and went to 14. We're going to start again at 7, and we're going to just take it a little further into 18. David says, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you." So the first weapon that God gives us for this fight is peace. The peace of knowing that God knows the end of your story. Sometimes we get lost in our circumstances because we don't know how it's going to end. We don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't know what we're going to lose in this battle. But you can have peace when you understand that your God knows the end of your story already. Verse 16 says, Your eyes saw my substance when I was yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days that are fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. David says to God, not only did you know me before I was born, but you saw the end of my life. You saw every day that I was going to live, and you wrote everything down in your book. You know what happens to me, and I trust you. Do you really believe this morning that the one you walk with, the God that you love, he already knows the end of your story? When we understand that God has seen the best of us, he's seen the completion of us, he's seen you in your glorified state in heaven. He's already seen it. I think you can have breakthrough within. If he knows where you are now and where you've been in the past and he sees you how you're going to be and he still loves you and wants to come into the fiery furnace with you, you should have peace (laughs) that it's going to be okay. Isaiah 46, 9 says, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there's none like me. I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done. My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. That's my God. (laughs) I know the end from the beginning. I know the things that have not been done. I've already declared them and they're not even done yet. The world's going to lie to you about who you are and who you're always going to be. But if you listen, he says, I'm starting to listen. I'm starting to notice that you are speaking. Think about that for a second. The song said, I'm starting to notice that you're speaking. The picture I had when it was playing of it's being in the fiery furnace and losing your mind because everything's being burnt up. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the, the guy singing the song, he says, I'm starting to notice that even in here you're speaking. I can't hear you because the world is loud and these flames are loud and I'm loud, but I'm starting to notice that you're speaking. The world is telling me that it's all coming, crashing down and you're going to lose everything. But what are you saying, Lord? Amen. There's hope. Good. I'm going to change this situation for you. Amen. I'll never leave you. That's not the truth about you. I'm starting to notice. Romans 4.17 says that he is the God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Don't you want to hear him speaking about the things in your life that do not exist as if they do? Stop listening to the world. Stop listening to your friends. Stop listening to people who are not God. You might not see it yet, but God does. It might not exist in your life yet, but it exists in the heavenlies. And he has it, and he wants to give it to you. The second weapon that the Lord gives us other than peace is power. Luke twenty-two forty-nine. 49, Jesus says to his disciples, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. He starts with the promise, right? father has made about things that are going to exist in the heavenlies but are going to be brought into your life he says i have a promise you don't have it yet you haven't seen it yet but my father is going to send it to you wait for the promise in this case the promise is the holy spirit it brings the presence of god into your life it brings the presence of god into your fiery furnace and what does the presence give you peace the holy spirit of peace jesus says to every disciple listen My father has made a promise and he will give it to you even though you don't have it yet. It's his spirit and it's a spirit of peace. Then he says, after you get the promise, the spirit, the spirit of peace, he says, just wait a little bit longer and I'm going to give you power. It's great to have peace in a fight. It's better to have peace and power. We used to say that like the, the people you need to worry about in a fight are not the ones that are all crazy and loud. It's like the shy, quiet one that... They know something you don't know. You know what I mean? (laughs) I remember, it's like, I've told you guys before, people are rowdy and and talk a lot now, but there's people who know, like, they really know how to fight now. Like, they'll break your arm before you even knew you were in a fight. (laughs) They have a power. They have an ability. They've been trained in a certain way. Jesus is saying that. He's like, listen, I have a promise of my spirit that will give you peace no matter what your situation is, but I also have... Some power that I'll equip you with to fight your battles. Acts 2.24, speaking about Jesus as the one whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. That's the power that we're talking about. It's a power that raises the dead to life. And he says, if you wait, I'll give that to you. But we're afraid of our situations and circumstances right now. So I'm going to close with this. If you stand on the truth about what God says and who God says you are, if you look for the presence of God within your circumstances, not only when you have a good circumstance, not only when you're in the heavenlies and it's all good and joyful, but any circumstance that you're in, if you look for the presence of God and if you receive the peace of God and walk in his power, you'll have breakthrough within. He's gonna say the truth about you, you gotta figure out what is the truth about you. Are you fearfully and wonderfully made? Were you created male and female? Can you be changed and transformed? Can you be forgiven of your sins? Do you have a new name that the old name has no more authority over you? If you will find out the truth about you from God, right? If you will look for the presence of God in your circumstance. Earlier I asked you guys and you said, we all have a circumstance. Don't wait for it to change. Look for the presence of God in your circumstance right now. He is not far from you. Amen. And if you will receive the peace, you've got to have the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't just come on Friday night praying in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is available to you. You have to pray for it and receive Him. Isn't it funny that the world tells us, even if you are going to go to church and get saved, don't be crazy, one of those crazy spirit filled people. What are you talking about? <laughs> Our Father is a Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you can't know God the Father. You can't receive Jesus Christ as your Savior unless the Spirit of God awakens you to be able to receive him. Don't be afraid of the Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> and then walk in his power. He has the power and the authority. It's not you that says to the devil to get away from me. In the name of Jesus, you have no authority over me. <laughs> By the power of Jesus, I walk out from this thing that I've been bound by for decades. Know the truth. Overcome your circumstances by allowing Jesus into them. Be filled with the power and the presence and the spirit and the peace of God. And then you'll have breakthrough from within. There's no emotional thing that can hold you. There's no fatigue, no anger, no sadness, no loneliness, no doubt. There's no restraint that can withhold or bind you, right? If you allow these things to be alive in your life. So for our altar call this morning, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna release you guys. I'm gonna ask everybody to stand. I'm gonna hold the worship team today because I'm gonna ask that. can you just begin to play that song again? Uh, And I wanna give you guys an opportunity to respond. I pray that you can find breakthrough within. I pray that you can hear maybe this morning, uh, God himself begin to speak to you the truth about who you are. (laughs) and what he has for you. Begin to speak to you about the things that exist uh, in the heavenlies, even though you haven't experienced them yet in your life. So why don't you guys bow your heads with me and just begin to pray even for yourself right now about breakthrough, about what God's going to do, about what he's already done that you just need to receive it, about his spirit, about his presence, about all that he has, all that he wants to do. And the first is for those that need salvation if you're here this morning heads are bowed eyes are closed but you're not saved the things that we're talking about maybe you've heard the stories maybe you've heard people talk about jesus but you don't know him personally it's not like peter's story where he says who do they say that i am and peter was able to say you're god you're the messiah you're the christ you have the words of life you are god if you're here you want to be saved you have to accept jesus christ as your lord and savior he says if you confess your sins if you repent of your sins if you confess that i am lord and you ask me i will save you i will forgive you it's already been done in the past but it's not applied to your account until you ask for it you have everything you need this morning heads about eyes are closed if you're not saved but you want to be You've never said, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my my sins. I want to truly be saved. I want to truly be a Christian. Raise your hand right now so we can pray for you. That you can walk into the kingdom of God and be saved. Is there anyone this morning? Today's your day. It's not just a book and a talk. It's a a living God. Death cannot hold them. Anybody, before we move on, today's your day. I want to be saved. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. For the rest of us, if you're here and you're saved, but you need breakthrough within, you've been bound and you've remained bound. Your circumstances have more power, power and authority over you than they should. You listen to the lie about who you are, and sometimes it's even yourself. You look in the mirror and you tell lies about who you are. That can all change today. You can have a breakthrough within. There's a truth about you, and God will speak it into your life. Your circumstances don't have power, they don't have authority, but you cannot be in a hurry. Wait on God. Wait for the spirit of God. Listen to what he has to say. Wait for the presence of God. He'll bring peace. He'll bring power. He'll give you a new name. What you've had so far is not good enough. If that's you, I'm going to pray. I'm going to open the altars, and I want you to just come, and don't be in a hurry. Spend some time with God. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your power, your presence, your spirit. Speak the truth of who we are over us and into our hearts and into our minds. Write it on our hearts. Write it on our minds. Give us a breakthrough within, Lord. Not externally for what we heard and where we go and how we live, but from internally, Lord God. From within us, give us breakthrough. Give us your power. Give us your authority. Change our lives. We love you this morning. We thank you this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. No way you came to my rescue. From the grave I've been raised. When I needed a savior to save, Jesus, you made a way.